Welcome to Inventing Our Future on Think Tech Hawaii. I'm your host, Brittany Zimmerman. Joining us today is our guest, Thomas Kenyatta. Today, we are going to do a deep dive into our C invention. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today, Richard? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Nice, beautiful day today. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. Good, good, good. And uh, welcome, Thomas Kenyatta. Uh, where are you located, Thomas? I'm in, uh, well, the lovely, sunny, and rainy, depending on what time of day it is, Houston, Texas. <laughs> awesome. Welcome. We're super excited to have you with us today. Um, I've been uh, just, I've, we've done so much together that this has been one that's been in the making that I've been just really, really excited to have come forward. So um, before we dive into our C invention and some of the ways that you play into that, I just want to give you an opportunity uh, to introduce yourself uh, to the viewers, because I think this is your first time on our show here. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Thomas. All right. Um, hi, I'm Thomas. <laughs> uh, I, I've been involved in a lot of things over the course of my career. I am an engineer. Uh, I'm an engineer from an engineering family. Both my parents are engineers. Um, <clears throat> my, my, my career uh, spans industrial gas turbines, uh, fuel cell, uh, uh, fuel cell startups, um, thermodynamics, thermal management, uh, heat transfer, uh, water uh, management for uh, the space station. Um, but right now, I'm back into fuel cells, and uh, I'm supporting the uh, the Johnson Space Center fuel cell uh, group at uh, uh, well at the Johnson Space Center. So in, in Houston, that's why I'm I'm, I'm here. And uh, uh, working with uh, 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 NASA partners to uh, develop fuel cell technologies to uh, to place in uh, our vehicles and uh, for power generation and energy storage on the moon and uh, on Mars. <clears throat> awesome. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of the things that you're doing too, right? And a lot of things that we bring onto the show are really focused around sustainability. So I think, you know, fuel cells, sort of the next generation of energy uh, is going to be a big part of that. So thank you for everything you do in that arena. Um, we are going to talk about our C uh, letter invention this week. So our little drum roll here is this week we are going to be talking about condensate separator. So uh, those are two words that people may or may not have heard before or may or may not have heard together. So first I'm gonna ask Richard, Richard, do you know what a condensate separator is? Um, no, <laughs> but, but, but I, I can say this, I know what I want to get out of it, you know? All right, yeah, yeah what is that? Basically I'm here to represent Kyoki and Malia who are youngsters. By the time they get to 25 years old, what can we do to make life better for them? So that's my function, and I'm here all ears. Awesome. Wonderful. All right. Thank you, Richard. Well, Thomas and I have invented a few technologies together uh, in this uh, space of condensate separation. 
And so perhaps we should hand it over to Thomas to give us a high level overview so that we can all understand what is a condensate separator. All right. Well, from the top level, um, let's start with you learn in school that air is composed of oxygen, nitrogen, a few other things like carbon dioxide and whatnot. Um, <clears throat> there's also water vapor in there. Um, <clears throat> we usually think of this as humidity and uh, icky, but it's uh, it's uh, an, an interesting thermodynamics problem thinking about that air, or rather that water vapor that's in there and uh, uh, how to deal with it. Uh, there are a lot of, uh, say, everyday examples of condensate separation. If you live in a warmer climate where you have an air conditioner in your house or use an air conditioner in your car, you have condensate separation built right into uh, to that, uh, that uh, setup. Um, <clears throat> condensate separation can be performed in a variety of ways. Uh, the simplest, when you're living on a planet, we're doing right here and right now <laughs> uh, is to use gravity for condensate separation. Um, <clears throat> and that's what you're probably accustomed to seeing in your, uh, your, your vehicle when you turn on the air conditioner. I don't know if anybody's ever looked under the car, but uh, you'll see a drip, drip, drip. And uh, that drip, drip, drip is uh, condensate that's been separated from uh, air that's blowing through your air conditioning system dripping out through gravity condensation, or rather gravity separation. Um, <clears throat> other approaches for, uh, for separating water from air when, uh, when you've got water condensate uh, involve uh, <clears throat> uh, using centrifugal or centrifugal force uh, to separate it. In other words, spinning uh, that air-water mixture so that your denser water moves to the outside and uh, the air stays on the inside. Uh, so that would be an active means of uh, performing uh, condensate separation. And uh, a passive uh, means, in addition to gravity separation, would be using membranes or uh, um, <clears throat> uh, porous media that uh, uh, is wettable and uh, water would wet that media, uh, fill it and prevent uh, gas from uh, passing through while the water uh, itself does pass through. So number of ways of doing it, you see it done every day, even if you're not familiar with the term condensate separation. Awesome. Thank you, Thomas. Okay, so at a high level, then condensate separation is the separation of maybe liquids and gases from one another. So they're mixed together and we're looking at ways to separate those. Um, maybe we have functionality for each of them, or maybe we don't want one of them, or maybe we want one of them individually. So we utilize these different approaches and different technologies specifically to do this separation of gas and liquid. So um, awesome. Very cool. Uh, Thomas and... Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to add, you know, I use air and... Uh, um, uh, air and water as an example, because that's something that is common. That's something that you can relate to. But your, your refrigeration systems, uh, where you've got just one gas and that gas being in vapor form or liquid form, and they're, uh, in the condenser, you have condensation happening. And uh, there, there are various means of uh, working with that and uh, performing separation. And, uh, and you can find uh, 
a whole wide range of examples of, of approaching that. In fact, the, uh, the technology we'll be talking about today actually has its origin in uh, uh, a refrigeration system. So, yeah. yeah I, I have a question. Is the condensate always water or moisture? No, no. It's really the, the, the idea here is uh, um, uh, uh, the thermodynamic concept of, of phase. Uh, so you have solids, liquids, and gases. And uh, <clears throat> when we're, we're talking about condensate separation, that would be if you have a gas, say a superheated gas, which basically just means it's a, uh, uh, <clears throat> well, I, w- I'm, I was just going to go down a, a rabbit hole uh, of uh, 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 multi-phase physics and uh, 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 if if you have a gas mixture, so you may have um, uh, a pure gas, or you may have a gas and uh, a multi-component gas. Um, when you cool it down to where you have saturation, uh, which essentially means you start producing liquid either of that gas or of a component of that gas mixture, that production of liquid is called condensation. Condensation. Oh, okay. Okay, I got it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Thomas. So with that broadly, I wanted to utilize um, the uh, condensate separation uh, patents and technology that we had developed together as an example that we could walk through quickly to kind of get, you know, our feet wet, uh, yeah, dip our toes uh, into this condensate. Yeah. And maybe you could walk us through just at a high level uh, what this is um, and how this particular technology works uh, for, you know, separating um, our condensate. Absolutely. So what you see there, that's that's patent. Um, <clears throat> the picture that you see there is just a, uh, let's say, conceptual drawing showing what's going on. And the idea here is to use the uh, active approach to condensate uh, separation that uh, that I described a little bit earlier, uh, where <clears throat> you have uh, a mixed phase fluid coming into uh, uh, this active separator. And what I mean by mixed phase, I mean that there is gas. Uh, a gas is a component of the fluid that's entering. Liquid is a component of the fluid that is entering. Um, <clears throat> When it enters this device, um, the device is spinning, and the uh, the mixed phase fluid that's entering begins to uh, uh, rotate uh, in, uh, because of the uh, uh, the the action of the device that's that it's entering. And as it rotates, it uh, it, it performs essentially a centrifuge centrifuge action. Uh, that centrifuge action forcing the liquid to an outer surface and allowing the gas to continue through with that liquid removed from the mixed phase. So it's entering mixed phase and it's exiting uh, with two separate uh, 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 flow or two separate streams, one that is gas only and one that is liquid only. Um, I don't know if this shows uh, the... Uh, uh, the, uh, the pedo pump. Yes, yes, there we go, the, the pedo pump in it. but. Uh, yeah, you know, there's a variety of means of picking up that uh, that liquid component of this in an active uh, approach like this. Uh, pedal pump is a 
a natural way for, uh, for picking up the liquid and, and removing it as that separate stream. And uh, I don't know if uh, anybody would heard of what or knows what a pitot tube is by any chance. I, I do. <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, for everybody, so. <laughs> Uh, what is a what is a pedo tube? <laughs> all right, a, a pedo tube is a it's an instrument uh, that's used to measure um, flow, uh, and it has a it, it's essentially a hollow tube that has two points where it measures uh, uh, that 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 are open to flow. Uh, one point, uh, which is at the very nose of the tube, and it's intended to be directed so that uh, that the nose of the tube, and you know, this is air that's flowing. My fingers are terrible. I, I apologize. So we've got air flowing this direction. This, this is the air. We have a pitot tube right here. Pitot tube is here. Air is going over it. That pitot tube is oriented so that it's uh, um, it. The air is directly impinging the nose. Um, the nose is picking up what's called the. Uh, stagnation pressure of that uh, uh, flowing uh, air, flowing fluid, flowing gas. And a second tap, which would typically be on the side, uh, perpendicular to the flow of the fluid going over it, uh, picks up your uh, uh, <clears throat> goodness, the, 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 the term eludes me, but the, the pressure of the environment. The difference between those two pressures tells you what the, uh, uh, the flow velocity is. Uh, of the fluid that you're measuring. And that's just an explanation of what a pitot tube is. That has nothing to do with this particular device, but that pitot, the, 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 the construction of this, uh, a hollow tube with the nose that's direct, that's in, uh, uh, that impinges the fluid uh, that it's uh, measuring, um, <clears throat> that is used in this particular device. And, and, uh, and by orienting the nose of a hollow tube um, tangentially to the axis and in the uh, uh, the fluid that's uh, um, being held to the wall of the uh, uh, of the rotating device and in that way you've got fluid that's rotating and as it rotates it boom, it's right into the uh, the nose cone of that uh, that pitot tube and so you have uh, a means of producing a high pressure uh, liquid flow that that's how the liquid goes out. Awesome. Okay, so to translate that, um, I'm going <laughs> to give it a go. <laughs> all right, all right, you do that. Um, I, that. That was maybe words. Yeah, I apologize. No, no, no. That's great. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. And so I want to translate this into something that maybe people have seen a lot um, in the real world because I think it'll help with the understanding. So, if you've ever been to a carnival or a fair where you go on the ride, where you walk in, it's kind of shaped like a spaceship and you stand up against, you know, you stand up against the wall and then it turns on and it spins. And as it spins, you know, you rise up, right? And then you're kind of floating on the wall and it's super cool, right? You're pushed up against that wall. This is utilizing the same sort of physics uh, as the technology, right? That we're talking about right here. Yeah, so as this thing is, spinning, right, you'll see that instead of the human getting pushed up against the wall, the liquid gets pushed up against the wall, right? 
And then yep. in the middle, all the air that was moving through has no liquid in it anymore, and that air can escape while that liquid is stuck against the wall and continues to spin. Now, it would stay stuck against the wall, so you need some sort of device that goes in there that allows us to remove that liquid. And that is where, right, this pedo tube or this pedo pump that Thomas was explaining really helps. You stick this in, it acts kind of like a straw, right? And in that, uh, you're essentially yep. utilizing that straw to pull the liquid out. So when you look at the inputs and outputs, it's really cool. Because at the input, you have a mixed phase fluid, or in this case, we can use an example of really humid air, for example. And then when you look at the output, you have two separate fluids. You have a dry stream of air and you have a stream of liquid, right? And now you can do what you will with either one. Maybe you're trying to collect the water. Maybe you're trying to dry the air. You know, there could be different reasons that you would want this separation to occur, right? The collection of water is very important in many places. And in some places, for example, in the International Space Station, right, which is where we designed this technology uh, to be implemented and utilized, they want to utilize the water for drinking purposes, and they want to utilize the dry air to cool down the electronics and make its way back into uh, the, the space station. So that was their reasoning for wanting to separate. But maybe each of us might have a different reason that we want to separate, right? I mean, there's so many applications. Um, and so maybe that's what we want to dive into uh, next, right? We talked a little bit about utilizing condensation and condensate separators uh, for uh, separating air and water, for example. We talked a little bit about refrigeration. Um, what other major examples, you know, or needs or problems? Uh, exist in the world around us that a condensate separator uh, may be useful for? Well, I mean, in the simple form, there's uh, there's applications for collecting water in dry locations. Uh, it, uh, an example of a condensate separator would be a, uh, uh, a survival uh, approach for uh, collecting water in the desert, as an example. Um, yeah. Very cool. And then um, there are, you know, I think a lot of other uh, applications as well. And and uh, you being in Houston uh, might not know too much about some of the problems that are faced here, right, uh, in the beautiful state of Hawaii. But it's really interesting because the example that you just gave is is a particular one of interest here. So on our island um, and on many islands, um, there's a, a dry side of the island and a wet side of the island. Uh, our dry side of the island would look a lot like you would expect a typical desert to look, right? I mean, um, in some of the places. And there's not a lot of land-borne uh, moisture, but there is a lot of atmosphere spheric uh, moisture. There is a lot of humidity in the air. So in some of these locations where that, you know, that fluid um, is entrapped or entrained in the air and is moving past us, we could perhaps utilize condensate separation 
as a strategy or a technology for grabbing the water out of the air so that it can be utilized locally, right? And so when Thomas says we could utilize, you know, uh, this for uh, producing water, right, atmospherically in places like deserts, this is a humongous potential application uh, for a condensate separator. Um, another big thing here um, on the Big Island particularly is there's a lot of agriculture that's done here. We have a lot of horticulturists, a lot of floriculturalists, and a lot of uh, indoor agriculture that's done. Uh, the indoor agriculture is something uh, that Richard Haw here, I think, knows a thing or two about. So, Richard, um, my first question is going to be to you with your experience in uh, indoor agriculture is, uh, do you think that there would be a place for, um, you know, uh, condensate separators? Are there places where you want different levels of maybe humidity or um, liquid and air uh, to be controlled? Yeah, the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, fungus. They, they, they like a certain amount of uh, humidity. And if you can lower the humidity, you can control them and you don't have to use pesticides, you know, stuff like that. That, well, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Yeah, and that's a really big one. So um, let's talk about that really quickly. Uh, Thomas, are there ways that we could utilize condensate separators uh, or this type of technology uh, for management of indoor greenhouse applications? Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so uh, a, a device uh, along those lines, or you know, a, a, a gravity separation device. Uh, but regardless of how the uh, <clears throat> what approach it's taken, um, you can set up a uh, uh, a temperature controlling uh, heat exchanger, a condensing heat exchanger, or something to that effect that uh, can control the uh, the dew point of the air, uh, either uh, in the uh, the uh, horticulture applications or this old house that I'm sitting in right now uh, during the summer you know I, I cool it and it's so humid outside that the floorboards uh, it's a nice lovely wood floor the uh, uh, the floorboards actually start warping because they absorb so much humidity from outside so so controlling that is something that I actually have to uh, consider to to some degree too. I do that with a uh, a dehumidifier, which is a version of a condensate separator. Exactly with uh, oh. gravity separation. <laughs> <laughs> very awesome. Very cool. Yeah. No, that's a that's a huge opportunity here, um, right? Especially when we look at uh, islands, we see so many different um, biomes. Um, across the island, right? I mean, you can drive for a very short period of time and you could be in the desert, you know, and in less than an hour have, you know, traversed across the mountain range and are now in a jungle. So it's really interesting here because having a solutions and technologies that allow us to control our humidity levels uh, indoors, uh, the amount of moisture and water that we have access to is a massively important thing and um, in uh, you know especially in locations uh, where these major deviations are occurring right 
we have these these very different different um, types of ecosystems, and we, I think, as humans, right, and especially, I, I know Thomas, you know a lot about this, and trying to uh, do life support systems, right, for outer space when when we're designing spacecraft or a spacesuits or habitats for other planets, it becomes really interesting, right, because. Uh, we as humans are very particular to the environments in which we're comfortable in, right? I mean, our temperature ranges uh, are very important to us. Uh, our, you know, range of pressures uh, are very important to us. Our humidity levels are very important to us. So when we're designing these closed-loop systems, we take very, very close care at how these things are being uh, managed and looked after. Uh, that's something that should be and is important in many cases here on our own planet as well. So um, as we look up, uh, into uh, condensate separation, I know that one of the questions that I always have and I know that Richard uh, is always interested in is, uh, can these techno are these technologies uh, sustainable when you look at their manufacturing and their disposal um, as well, right? Are they would you consider them a green technology, right? Are they emissive technology? What does it look like when we look at condensate separators from more of a sustainability lens? Um, to be honest, this is not a question that I've delved deeply into. And uh, I say technology development uh, paths that I've taken uh, in, in the past. Um, <clears throat> I can speak to you know, there are ways that uh, these technologies can be used that would be sustainable. I mean, materials resourcing, um, and most particularly, I would say, in using the most applicable approach to the scenario that you're in. Uh, for for example, I mean, you look at the various different types of uh, 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 separation approaches that we touched on at the beginning. You've got gravity, you've got active, and you've got um, <clears throat> uh, membrane or uh, yeah, membrane separation. Two of these are passive approaches. Uh, gravity, you're basically using the Earth to do all of your work for you. Gravity is wonderful. That's probably you know, one of the, the very clear examples of uh, uh, a sustainable approach. And in fact, it's gravity separation that is used in uh, and say water separation for survivability in, in extreme environments where you, you have somebody dig a hole and then put a piece of plastic on it and a cup under the plastic and you get water overnight. That's that's a sustainable way to, to produce water. Um, active, uh, this is an approach where you, you really need that to fit a, a niche set of circumstances. Uh, if you are looking at uh, applications where you have a lot of movement uh, and you need to separate water, but you don't have a lot of volume uh, for uh, for doing a gravity separation, then you 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 would look at active approaches. Um, that is so uh, uh, another reason why you'd look at that is if you don't have gravity as an option, which is why that's an approach that was looked at for the space station. Um, <clears throat> if you can use membrane approaches, that that that's an approach that probably requires you to have some you know level of cleanliness. Uh, then that could also potentially be a sustainable approach, uh, again, dependent on the, uh, the the material sourcing or the materials that you're using for uh, that, that membrane itself, how it's constructed and where uh, the materials come from. And there are materials you can use for that sort of an application that are you know, readily available and, and uh, could be considered sustainable. But yeah, that's uh, 
Uh, th- those are my thoughts there. And again, I haven't done a deep dive in, in the development work that I've done, but. Uh, yeah. yeah, awesome. Thank you so much. You know, and as we look at the life cycle assessment of those technologies, you know, you look at what your different options are, right? When we're looking at cleaning water, or getting access to viable drinking waters, right? It's, uh, what are the technologies made out of, right? In terms of material, how are they manufactured, right? Where are they coming from? Where are those sources from? And then let's compare them against other options, right? We have, right, desalination options, right? We have dehumidification and, and condensate separation uh, options. Uh, we have water treatment options. There's a lot of different things that really need to be compared. But I think the important thing is that these things can be developed sustainably so long as you put sustainability um, as a factor, right? A weighted factor uh, in, in the selection uh, of the technologies, right? And I think the big thing that Thomas pointed out is the right and the most sustainable solution is really environment driven, right? So uh, you pick the right solution for the right applications in the right environment. So I think that's really exciting. So uh, let's go to any closing remarks or go back um, that you guys uh, may have. Uh, First, Thomas, was there uh, anything else that you thought was important here um, to share before uh, we? before we wrap up. This was uh, a lot of fun to walk through and uh, I'm glad to meet you guys. See you again, Brittany. And uh, yeah, I mean, water separation doesn't sound that sexy, but uh, it, it is a thermodynamics problem. It kind of is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Agreed, absolutely. I think it's one of my favorites. Um, thank you so much, uh, Thomas. Really appreciate you being with us. and. Uh, uh, and how are we doing, Richard? Any uh, closing remarks or go back for you? Yeah, well, this, this all makes a lot of sense. So depending on what your objective is, if your objective is to become uh, as uh, climate friendly as possible, then you choose the, uh, the, the procedure that'll take you in that direction. Then you figure out if the pluses exceed the minuses or what is the cost, yeah? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Common sense. I, I get it. <laughs> Awesome, thank you. And uh, now later, if I ask you uh, what a condensate separator is, do you think uh, you'll be able to answer yes? Oh yeah, yeah. Awesome, <laughs> that's wonderful. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Well, great, um, thank you guys uh, so much. I really appreciate you guys being here. Uh, with that, um, I wanted to wrap up. Uh, this is Inventing Our Future on Think Tech Hawaii. Thank you again, Thomas, for joining us. Uh, And thanks to you, all of our viewers, for watching. If you want to get our email advisories uh, to see a complete listing of our shows, you can sign up for them on thinktechhawaii.com. And we'll be back in two weeks. So please tune in and we'll do a deep dive into our de-invention. Until then, I'm Brittany Zimmerman. Thank you so much for watching Think Tech Hawaii. If you like what we do, please like us and click the subscribe button on YouTube and the follow button on Vimeo. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and donate to us at thinktechhawaii.com. Mahalo.